Hey y'all, quick note. While My Hero Academia was created for kids, this podcast is not safe for work or children. All trigger warnings and spoilers for each episode can be found at our website, myheroanalysis.com. Thanks for listening. Hey y'all, this is My Hero Analysis, a podcast about My Hero Academia, aka Boku no Hero Academia. We are three grown adults who mind Japanese children's cartoons for serotonin because God knows our brains aren't making it naturally. Hey y'all, I'm Fern, and apparently this up, it is once again my turn to do all the talking because I can't shut up and I have too many opinions. <laughs> yes, yes, fuck yeah, talk forever. Uh, I'm Nicole. And once again, when I was actually doing these notes some amount of days ago, I don't know, uh, I was in the fresh blush of my Adderall. So that was fun. Um, and I was also wearing my brand new compression wrist braces because I am aging and I have mm -hmm. to take care of my body now because I can no longer handle the NaNoWriMo daily par. I can't believe that you're able to do it at all. That's amazing. <laughs> it yeah hurts. me too I always forget hey y'all it's Maria and I have no idea how we ended up almost at the end of the year like what is time there's too many things happening and I am tired mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. also I ended up doing these days on these notes on the same day that we're recording so that's how everything's going it's great everything's great everything's fine everything's yeah. awesome you know, that's just that's just how it be sometimes. It's just got to happen like that. <laughs> but, you know, with all of the world changing things happening like every day. Eh. Oh, God. Yeah. So, Maria, what is your recording snack today? So I have eaten too many Krispy Kreme donuts today. <laughs> <laughs> By that, I mean two. Um, so I have hit my sugar threshold. So instead, I am doing uh, chips and salsa with a... Uh, Coke. Yes, delicious. Nice. Love it. Uh, do we have any news? We have a small news. It's not even news. It's an update. Um, but on the day that we are recording this episode, it is Eraserhead's birthday. So mm -hmm. happy Scorpio birthday, my dear sweet husband. I need you to do things in the manga that we have not seen yet, or will we? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We need him back in the manga for the love of God. <laughs> I forget that he that he's a Scorpio, but a it Scorpio. makes so much sense. Oh yeah, big him ass Tokoyami, like mm -hmm. I swear. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, full on Scorpio energy. Um, so I have something that's not quite news, but I thought it might be like relevant information for listeners, especially if you're reading the manga. Um, so there's a trend quote-unquote happening on Twitter and it comes up every once in a while mostly when there's um a new chapter coming out where people are upset over um like translation issues with the manga mm -hmm. um and so some My Hero readers have started canceling their subscriptions to like Viz and Shonen Jump or like they're trying to get Caleb Cook fired I don't think it's a huge number of people but the conversation was like pretty prevalent in my timeline because I retweeted like one post and then it just started. <laughs> the algorithm. Me. 
Oh God, it was awful. Um, but I figured, you know, this might be an interesting thing to give people a little background info on, um, especially because, you know, I am a professional writer in a corporate sphere. So I have an informed perspective that other people may not have. Mm-hmm. And I have seen none of this. Uh, so please, <laughs> please tell me everything. Yeah, I don't think it's a huge number of people and it definitely seems to come in waves. But I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is an interesting thing to talk about. So Caleb Cook is the credited translator for the My Hero manga. So a lot of people are blaming him directly for translation errors or changes, but he may not be the actual cause of the problem. (laughs) So for some background info, translation is actually one of the earliest steps of the publication process um, with manga. So the publication team receives the raw scans from the, is it mangaka or mangaka? Mangaka mangaka yes so they get the raw scans from them and then like literally as soon as they receive them the translator gets to work um not necessarily because the translations themselves take a long time but because those translations typically go through several rounds of like proofreading or editing and that part can take a while um and it's pretty common in corporate settings for higher-ups to step in at like any point during the editing process to request additional changes. Um, And the translator may or may not get the chance to review those changes. And, you know, if they see one they disagree with, you know, maybe push back at it. But sometimes they're forced to make a change they don't approve of. And sometimes changes are made without the translator's knowledge at all. Like it just happens at the very last second before a chapter goes out and they find out later (laughs) (laughs) which sucks yeah and these changes may not have anything to do with translation accuracy because you know these higher-ups are people like boards of trustees or shareholders like they're people who aren't concerned about the story they're concerned about the product and how much money it's making them so their priority is to make sure my hero as a product is as marketable as possible based on their own biased impressions about what makes something marketable. (laughs) And And they're always wrong because they're corporate stooges. Yeah, it's, who boy, there's like algorithms involved. It's 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 insanity. This is why I don't do marketing. Nope. And with my hero, it's a major fucking moneymaker. So you know these people are even more involved than they usually would be, like way more involved. Um, But basically my point is, even though just one translator is credited, the translation process involves a lot of people and all of them have their own agendas that have nothing to do with accuracy. Um, And it's the same thing for pretty much any type of professional writing. Unfortunately, even stuff like novels or TV. Yeah, uh, I can confirm on the novel side of it for traditionally published novels and even those that are self-published that some of those self-published books actually do have professional editors. It's up to the author. Mm -hmm. Uh, But essentially, there are many eyes on a product and there are many changes made that just essentially makes the final product that readers see it could be very different from what the final product was for the writer or in this case the mangaka um and and like i also have an informed perspective since i've also worked in traditional publishing i don't work in 
um, corporate publishing like Fern does. But yeah, there's a lot more eyes on so many different parts of it. And they have to go through ridiculous amounts of approval processes and changes that the author sometimes just has to go along with because Mm -hmm. contracts are stupid yep yep the author and the translator because now there's like two different people in this writing process involved and they have different levels of involvement (laughs) it's a mess um but yeah this is actually something that's happened to me several times like I got an assignment I wrote the copy I was asked to write I submitted it got it approved And then found out weeks later when the website was updated with my copy that things were changed at the last second without my knowledge. And I didn't find out until I went into the website, saw what I had written and was like, I didn't fucking write that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Like sometimes during the review process, like I may get the opportunity to push back against some changes and like, you know, sometimes they listen, but a lot of times they don't. And that's just not my place in the chain. Like at the end of the day, my contractual obligation is to fulfill my assignments and whatever happens after that, I, it's out of my hands and I just have to accept that. And yeah, sometimes those changes other people make end up backfiring and they would have been better off going with the copy that I wrote. <laughs> They would have always been better off going with your copy because your copy is awesome. Oh, Lord, this has happened multiple times anyway. (laughs) But, you know, at least I'm not being held publicly accountable for someone else's decision. Like my name and role isn't listed on the website anywhere. So thank God. (laughs) (laughs) And like this isn't to say that like if you want to boycott Viz or Shonen Jump because you're pissed about these changes, like fucking go for it. Um, like we won't be because, you know, we need access to the official translations for the podcast, but like, you know, companies are still responsible for giving customers their money's worth. Um, and if you're paying for something, you deserve accurate translations. Like that's like absolute minimum requirement from a company. (laughs) That is the bar is on the ground. The bar is so, so low. Um, That being said, Caleb Cook is probably not the one responsible for glaring translation errors because that would seriously impact his future job prospects. Um, So maybe don't try to get him fired. Like, not that it'll happen this close to the end of the series anyway. Um, So it would mostly just be, you know, wasting your own time and energy, which I wouldn't want you to do that because you deserve to conserve that. But I mean, that being said, if anyone has insider knowledge and can provide like concrete proof that he is the problem like don't hesitate to reach out i'm willing to eat my words yes please we we love (laughs) good we love good workplace drama even when it's we're completely unattached to it um god yes (laughs) and another quick note about the differences in western traditional publishing i should say american usa traditional publishing and manga um the writer, so in this case, the mangaka, like they kind of would have the opportunity to override changes that were made by editors and copy editors. Uh, that process is called stetting for your fun fact of the day. But um, that really like isn't a thing once translations start to happen, because unfortunately, um, usually the 
author or in this case horikoshi they don't speak the language it's getting translated into so they they literally can't have mm-hmm. input they can't into verify it. yeah yeah like they, they can't help it and so like don't be don't be mad at the creative folks just be mad at the uh corporate buttheads who mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. want profits at the expense of the social and artistic thing that my hero is yep and yeah and to bring a little bit of a different perspective onto it mm-hmm. since i speak two languages and i've mm-hmm. seen it multiple times sometimes it's really really hard to translate like certain phrases or idioms mm-hmm. so they're like you're never gonna get an accurate representation from that it just mm-hmm. isn't gonna happen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep yeah the the translation errors in question were egregious enough and seemed politically motivated which is why people were calling them out like they didn't seem like mistakes or ambiguous they seemed like close to censorship yeah yeah uh... which i think is why people were upset as they um, should be yeah but yeah no that's also definitely true like i mean shit it's fucking complicated yeah. <laughs> it really is and and i mean translation has always and censorship has always been an issue mm. with manga and with like anime um, oh yeah remember the um like the 90s dub of sailor moon oh yeah that's the oh one yeah that comes up a lot like uh-huh. it was clearly a gay relationship but they were cousins yeah anyway that could go on forever but but like it it just i mean there's gonna be bias in literally everything we consume mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yes yep. part of it is just is what it is i don't yeah. know so so like we're not saying don't be mad because obviously we are always yeah. mad but just always. remember where to Sometimes it takes a little bit of extra effort to know where to aim that anger. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yes, in case you're ever wondering. And though I will say that like be- also because my hero is so big, we have a ton of fan translators. Yes. And yep. access mm-hmm. to like alternate translations, which I think is amazing. I love oh, that. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Please never stop. Oh yes. Please give us all of the viewpoints that these translations could possibly be we are for Mm -hmm. that absolutely that's a really amazing part of the fandom um but anyway (laughs) (laughs) yay this is not translation 101 um this week we are covering episode 24 of my hero academia season three this is the second to last episode of this season holy cow holy crap i know right Um, And the title is A Season for Encounters, which in the manga is parts of chapters 115, 121, and 122. And as usual, I'll lead us through a synopsis. Then we've got a very juicy science corner from Maria that I'm very excited about. (laughs) Juicy. I'm a child. (laughs) Juicy. And then Nicole will jump in for discussion topics, manga differences, and Easter eggs. And then we'll wrap up the episode with our big spoiler section. So getting into the synopsis, the episode opens with us getting an update on League of Villains and villain society kind of like post-fall of All Might through the eyes of Twice. And motherfucker, I looked up this pronunciation. Jinbu Bagawara. 
Jimbu by Guara. Yes, thank you. Um, so yeah, twice who we love. He's amazing. He's amazing. He's perfection. Oh, he's so cute. Um, but yeah, as expected, many villains are pretty happy about the cracks starting to show in hero society, um, both because the increasing chaos provides more opportunities to seize power. And because a lot of villains are just like disenfranchised victims of discrimination and they view heroes as the source of their suffering and they're not entirely wrong. Nope. We are getting deep into the societal commentary now. Mm -hmm. And then we get Twice's fucking heartbreaking backstory, which I'm not going to recount here because I can't get through it. Mm -hmm. Um. Mm -hmm. And we also learned that the League of Villains is trying to recruit more members, of course. And then we're introduced to a new character, Overhaul. Fucking Overhaul, man. Um, and at one point, um, during Twice's amazing narration, he says that heroes only care about saving good citizens and, like, slay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Tell him twice. That is a perfect encapsulation of the evolution of basically everything that my hero is about to become in the later seasons yes also for whatever reason <laughs> i always thought that the scene where dobby just burned all those people in the alley i thought that was the same scene as the one where we're introduced to overhaul and there also happens to just be a fire in the background listeners i am not smart so no, I, just, I think that's perfectly reasonable. I thought it was just like the same alley and Dobby started it and then Overhaul showed up or something. I did not connect until this viewing that they are in fact two totally different scenes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But no, I can totally see why you thought though, because the fire. Yeah, the fire. I have ADHD. I see fire and fire. That's it. <laughs> There's nothing else. Oh, man. So then we cut to UA, and there's this ceremony for the beginning of the second semester, which I think is pretty typical for Japanese schools, right, Maria? Yeah, uh, Japanese schools. Um, yeah, they're really, they have opening ceremonies pretty much anytime there's a new semester. It's just to give them updates and anything that could be happening, and if there's any transfer students, stuff like that. Gotcha. And just like the goals of the school for the year. All right, nice. Dorks. I, I would not remember a single one of those ceremonies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, during the ceremony, the kids get lectured about the importance of work-life balance and self-care uh, right before learning that the next step of their training is internships, which will, of course, take up what little free time they have left. Um, and these internships will be a lot like the work-study program they did earlier, but significantly more intense. Um, they'll be doing actual field work now because they have their professional licenses. Yes. And also, I just had to say, shut up, Nezu. He talked so much, and I don't remember any of it. I just know he was <laughs> talking and talking and talking, and he's a rat, and he won't shut up. But also, yes, the irony of all of that was not lost on me it's like mm -hmm. sir i think oh. you just don't like him i don't like him yeah. <laughs> like, also nobody nobody likes those like assemblies where you just yeah. sit down and you're just talked at 
Yes. Yeah, that's es- true. Especially not me, because I, I, it's not sparkly, so I don't care. So like, <laughs> it's like all that trauma just came back at Nezu, and I can say shut up to him now because I couldn't say shut up to my principals before because I was anxious. Anyway, <laughs> after Nezu finally shut up, we had Hound Dog come up for a minute, and like, yes, Hound Dog, you tell them. Yes. yes. Agree. Uh, yes. So eloquent. So important. I loved it. Ten. Yeah. Oh my God. Everything was... he said was 100% correct. Yeah, whatever the fuck he said. <laughs> I understood it perfectly. <laughs> we got we got the vibe. We got the yes. general vibe. Yeah. Um, also, I love how like these work studies or internships or whatever the fuck they are, they're all supposed to be kind of discretionary. Like you do them if you want to do them. Bullshit. But every single 1A student just is like, yes, give it to me. I must do it. I must have it. And like, can y'all just sit down like you you can sit down it's okay yeah uh no these kids have no chill they don't (laughs) understand the concept of sit down yeah also they're all standing so there's nowhere (laughs) to sit down sit down anyway (laughs) yeah i love how they're like oh these are discretionary but if you don't do it then you're never going to have any sort of career like that's not discretionary (laughs) yeah that's coercion yeah (laughs) oh lord anyway School, education, careers. It's stupid. It's a waste sometimes. Uh, it's all a waste. It's, it's all, all a waste. It's all wasteful. Just <laughs> get some chickens and you'll be fine. Uh, so cut to the dorms and we see Izuku and Katsuki are still grounded and they're still cleaning the dorms. Um, so they're not allowed to learn any details about the internships until they're allowed to go back to class, which frustrates both of them enormously. Because they're both dorks mm-hmm. and then while izuku is taking out everyone's trash a random character's face just materializes out of a wall scaring the absolute bejesus out of him mm-hmm. um and then a few days later izuku submits an, a written apology and then he apologizes in person to class 1a and then he's allowed to attend classes again and then Aizawa introduces three new characters, one of which was the guy who scared Izuku earlier. And these are UA's big three. Yes, yes. A lot happened, but also Izuku, calm down. Just just calm the fuck down, honey. So it, you're fine. <laughs> Izuku is the number two of no chill of his <laughs> class. Bakugo is number one. He cannot be topped. That no. boy yeah. has no chill. No, Negative absolutely chill. none. <laughs> negative yeah he's in the negatives like uh, negative 1000 mm-hmm. 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 yep yeah so so intense um so some things of note at the beginning of the episode when twice is like people watching and kind of doing his whole explanation for the viewer we learned that despite being labeled as a villain and hating hero society he's actually like pretty chill with other people like in general And he doesn't really have a desire to hurt or punish others, which kind of sets him apart from characters like Shiggy and Dobby, who are very much overwhelmed by their pain and want to punish everyone indiscriminately because of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, At first, my only note was that Twice was my boy. He's amazing. He's Mm -hmm. wonderful. And I had nothing Mm -hmm. else to say. But then, of course, I came back and said other things. Um, So, like, this particular version of Twice that we're getting in this very specific narration, um, 
is so like just level-headed and chill compared to what we do get for the rest of the series and i almost forgot how eloquent he can be um also he seems to be very media literate so like Mm -hmm. yes yes sir good boy yeah he's got he's got his own version of smarts for sure yes oh he's very smart he's just Mm -hmm. a little um chaotic otherwise yes Yes, very chaotic also no one likes endeavor because his personality is crap which i thought was hilarious (laughs) (laughs) as they should and i say it to the core of my being fuck him fuck Mm -hmm. him Uh, then we learned that the villains have also figured out that there's strength in numbers so they're starting to team up and commit crimes together And this is creating conditions that are pretty perfect for League of Villains' goal, which is recruitment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're getting together to do crime. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just Um, crime buddies. Just crime buddies. Anyway. Yes. Yes. (laughs) They want to be crime pals. Yeah. Um, Then we learned that Izuku's arms have recovered well enough from his fight with muscular, which feels like a million years ago. It was a billion years ago when it was really just like a week ago. What the fuck? It was this. It was this season. Like this yeah. is all the same season. It doesn't yeah. feel like that. No. Yeah. Oh I'm lord. Broken. It. It's been. It's been too long. Oh god. Yeah. But anyway, um, his arms have recovered well enough that he's pretty much back to full functionality, probably because he's following orders and not using them as often when he fights. It's mm-hmm. amazing what will happen when you let your body recover. Stocking. Oh, God, so frustrating. Um, <laughs> and we also learned that all of class 1B passed the provisional license exam. So good job, kiddos. Yep. And we also see Kirishima comforting Shoto. So you get a crumb fern. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feast upon crumbs. Then Monoma carries on the honor tradition of teaching international students weird phrases. <laughs> yeah, and and also the tradition of being just an absolute weirdo when you're trying to be dramatic. Like, boy, mm-hmm. go sit down. Mm-hmm. And then Shinzo returns for like two seconds, but still. And Saro notes that he's bulked up, and I wonder why he's bulking up. Oh, hmm. who knows? Oh, it's a mystery. <laughs> uh, but also, Saro like some muscly yes completely agreed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we also get the return of intense ochako i love her so much every she time was, she was pissed <laughs> she was so pissed and i was so here for it oh god i love it and poor sweet izuku has so much anxiety about missing class cannot relate <laughs> i can relate but also i loved that ida was just sassing bakugo like he, he was ruthless yes sir <laughs> get him yeah bakugo honestly was also having like quite a bit of anxiety about missing class and yeah. not being able to learn about the internship yeah and ida ida was just like this is my time to shine i get to punish them mm-hmm. he's like yeah fuck you rule breakers ignore <laughs> the attempted murder <laughs> he didn't do the murder it's fine but he still attempted it uh-huh. he didn't do it he's attempted murder is still a crime just saying it is indeed yeah there's you can go to prison for it you can indeed (laughs) oh lord um and then katsuki has to stay grounded for a little longer and i wasn't sure if it's because he was the instigator or if it's because like he was too proud to apologize right away so he's like i'm not writing that fucking letter 
Yeah, it, it was because he's the instigator, because last episode, Aizawa essentially asked, like, who started it, and Bakugo oh, said, yeah. I did, so he gets an extra day. Um, mm -hmm. He does still have to write his letter, which we never see, but I suspect it'll be shorter than Izuku's fucking manuscript that he handed <laughs> in. Oh, it was probably just, like, one sentence, I'm sorry I did the thing. Yeah, yep. I'm sorry you did the thing, and you got angry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's it for the episode. Great. It's Maria's Science Corner. Yay! Whoop, whoop. Um, Brianna, would you like to ask the question? <laughs> yeah, so I did actually request a specific science corner this time, and I requested something about how compression clothing can be, like, calming, and that might be one of probably many reasons Twice's mask helps him stabilize, since it's pretty tight. Yeah, he's accommodating himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, so I shall oblige. Uh, so originally I said two ways, but twice mass probably helps him in at least three ways because I realized there was another way it was helping him. Um, so the first, the compression aspect. Uh, so it has been shown that compression helps with a lot of mental disorders. For twice, he shows symptoms of dissociation and uh, a type of multiple personality disorder. So compression acts like a physical sensation to contain the body together. Um, this makes sense since twice quirk is replication and given his backstory, it helps him feel more connected to his body and makes him feel like one in his body. Mm. Um, and it gives him th that reassurance that it is his body. Okay, I'm sorry. One second. <laughs> Okay, I'm so I'm so sorry. Go ahead. God, are you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> okay. Um. So the second aspect is that it gives him a sort of barrier to the outside world. It's obvious that he gets uh, overstimulated with his surroundings, and this does not help his already sense of not self. Um. So by having the mask, it helps him interact with the world without being overly stimulated. And here's where I thought of the third reason. Um, so twice also has a lot of anxiety. Um, a common use of com use for compression of any kind is to help with anxiety. Now, this isn't going to work for everyone, but it does work for some. Um, so compression is used to alleviate anxiety and help relax the muscles. So anxiety will usually cause you to seize up, but by having some sort of compression, it will help unwind those muscles. So Twice has extreme anxiety, especially with him not knowing that he is the quote unquote real one. Mm. So the compression helps relax his face muscles. And as seen with his costume, also it also has compression elements throughout his body. So this also helps with anxiety. Again, this does not work for everyone. Some people feel constricted when compressed and they have anxiety, but for Twice it works. Nice. Amazing. Yeah, I I am not the I don't I like to be compressed anxiety. I am the do not touch me, leave me alone, get away from me anxiety. Yep, 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 same. I have so much compression clothing, it's not even funny. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, it's a hard life. But anyway. <laughs> it's a hard life. You, <laughs> you learn something every day. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're going to move right along to our discussion topics, and we're going to start with the hyper-independence concept in this episode. 
Yeah, lots of like different balancing concepts and stuff and like different kinds of extremes that Horikoshi is playing with. Um, for, but for this one, I noticed that Twice mentions that his quirk lets him create a like quote unquote team of himself. And I was wondering if that's some sort of comment on how horribly trying to only depend on yourself can backfire. Like, yeah, that usually does lead right to rock bottom. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. And considering Horikoshi's continued focus on that very theme, I, I think you're right. Yes, you you nailed it. <laughs> and dovetailing off of that, we have the criminalization of mental illness. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, obviously, Twice's backstory is a direct parallel to, like, real-life experiences where mentally ill people, especially those with, like, extra stigmatized diagnoses, um, you know, like dissociative or um, depersonalization disorders, um, or like uh, stuff like schizophrenia, where you have a reduced connection to reality. Um, a lot of these people don't get the help they need, and they end up on the wrong side of the law because they have no freaking other choice, or sometimes they didn't even commit an actual crime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And also in the dub, uh, twice during his narration even says that people turn to crime because they they don't know what to do with their quirk, which, mm-hmm. as we've discussed, is an extension of a person's intern, just a, an extension of how a person is on the inside. And basically, like, he's saying that no one helped or supported them in figuring it out. Like, it's obvious. Just, like, help people. Don't stigmatize them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Again, the Mary Mellet beating the literal shit out of us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. And I don't think it's a coincidence that we learned Twice's backstory in the same episode where the kids are encouraged to practice self-care while their opportunities for self-care get taken away from them. Mm. Horikoshi is working overtime on this one. He's mm. working so hard. So hard. Go take it. Go take a nap, Horikoshi. He had so much to say. <laughs> I did take a nap today. Ooh, oh, nice. During my lunchtime. Yes. Great. Good job. Proud of you. And moving along from the lovely discussion of mental illness, we're going to talk about uh, hyperconformity. Mm-hmm. So hyperconformity basically means that there's an extreme amount of social pressure to become exactly what your culture expects you to be slash be like everyone else. So like if you're a woman, be the right kind of woman, achieve the things the right kind of woman would achieve look the way the right kind of woman would look, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, essentially, don't be a bog witch, even though it seems really cool because those people are weird and therefore they can't be trusted. So conform. Yeah, trust of the unknown is zero. Must be what is expected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, and that actually, you hit upon like a really, really good reason for why hyperconformity even exists in the first place. It's a like widespread anxiety response. Mm-hmm. So kind of like, you know, how the version of Japan that we see in my hero is experiencing like kind of a weird point in society where we've got this one person who's about to retire and no one knows what that's going to do. Like that will increase everyone's anxiety and then people become meaner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, So Japan, the real one, uh, has a reputation <laughs> for being... <laughs> real one. <laughs> the real one has a reputation for being a hyperconformist culture, which, like, from my limited outside understanding, is somewhat justified just based on things I've 
heard from like people who actually grew up in Japan. Um, and you know, obviously there's like plenty of nuance and exceptions and like, you know, the U S is hyper individualistic, but even we have hyper-conformist tendencies. Yes, you have to be an individual in the same way that everyone else is being an individual or you go to prison, mm-hmm, essentially. Mm-hmm. Basically that. Um, and I just thought it was really interesting that Horikoshi like, kind of explores the negative effects of hyperconformity so extensively because that's usually the thing that hyperconformity tries to prevent. <laughs> <laughs> um, so hyperconformity kind of has this snowball effect so what happens is someone gets labeled as odd or different. Um, usually this involves some kind of like ism or phobia, but not always. Um, so this person is labeled and then people stop interacting with them and that's called ostracization. Um, and then people stop treating them like a person and that's dehumanization. And then people start blaming them for their troubles or actively preventing them from getting help when they need it, which is victim blaming slash systemic inequality because they're both kind of the same thing. Um, And then they start blaming them for other people's problems or like general societal issues. And that's criminalization. And then every time this cycle happens, it leads to an increase in paranoia among the general population which then lead to even stricter social rules and conformist expectations, which leads to more people being labeled negatively. And then the cycle repeats itself and it gets worse and worse each time. Mm. Yeah, um, goodness, goodness gracious, this is all too real with everything going on in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's relevant. Yeah, it's always <laughs> relevant. Why... Which is why my hero is so popular. <laughs> yep, it, it's relevant and it hurts, but we, it's good to like interact with it this way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's hyperconformity. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 terrible. Um, <laughs> so moving along from that, we're going to talk real quick about the similarities between the top heroes and the quote unquote top villains. Mm-hmm. So along with the criticism of hero culture. We do also see Dobby and Overhaul needlessly harming other villains because they see them as quote-unquote lesser. Mm. Um, So, you know, Horikoshi is clearly trying to draw this parallel. Like, obviously, hero society has a lot to answer for, but there will always be people on both sides of the divide who are, whatever they claim, ultimately, their main motivation is a desire for power at any cost. And that's unacceptable no matter what your reason is or what side you're on. Yeah. Uh, also, Endeavor is also mentioned as being a bully with the t- with a temper mm-hmm. in this same episode that we see Dobby and Overhaul going overboard, um, I must say. Um, it, it's like very slick, Horikoshi. You're doing great. Now go, please. I hope you like slept for a week after doing this little arc. we know he didn't (laughs) no he sure didn't okay well we're gonna move right along to manga differences so for uh the parts of 115 uh we had dobby call the people that he burns in the alley uh trash and good fuel for his fire because they are trash rather than just calling them good fuel for the fire as he did in the dub so Mm -hmm. interesting 
Um, we also see much more detail of the burned corpses and Horikoshi Y. We get it. You want to do horror, but sir. Mm-hmm. I was literally about to say that because he desperately wants to write a horror story. Desperately. And like, we support you, sir. But can, sir. <laughs> um, we also actually see more of Big Sis Magni's, uh contact in the anime. Uh, whereas in the manga, we kind of just saw them from the back and their appearance in the anime, like basically just further confirm confirms that person as trans and or gender nonconforming or somewhere within that sphere in the anime, which is great. It's like, yes, let's let's see all those GNC characters. Yeah, I need a side plot about their love story like immediately. Yes, yes. Give it to us, Horikoshi. We know you're busy, but also we, we know you want to. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. And then uh, in 121, uh, for whatever reason, they gave Manama like much goofier trash talk in the anime. <laughs> like in the anime, there was a Yo Mama line. Or Wait, something. really? Yeah. In the dub, there was like... Oh was, my god, that's hysterical. It, it was like a variation of a classic Yo Mama joke, and, and this was nowhere to be found in the manga. Yeah, I'm Good pretty job. sure in the sub, it just said, like, I'm gonna beat your ass or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and, and in the dub, it was like, it was a lot more, like, involved, uh, but <laughs> yeah. That's amazing, Yo Mama. Yeah, um, and also, um, apparently, Pony Space, which is the the exchange student who Monoma got to tell the joke weirdly anyway uh, apparently her face and like appearance has changed a lot since her debut uh, but I don't I did not feel like going back and trying to find exactly where she debuted to compare them so there's that uh, yeah. And then for chapter <laughs> one tw- 122, uh, Mirio is shown to be laughing a lot more in the manga like his entire like little scene where he's in the wall he's just mm-hmm. laughing the entire time whereas in the anime he he was only like lightly chuckling um and that does tie him a lot better to the next arc's characters yes. um, also oh my god i love him so much i'm so excited i'm not excited but it's <laughs> pros on me um and also at the very end of 122 horikoshi added a note like his little post chapter notes that hound dog is not related to Chief Suragame, who is uh, the police chief <laughs> slash dog quirk person. <laughs> I did not even make that connection. No, it, Horikoshi was very specific. He's like, they are not related. It is a coincidence. <laughs> it is incredibly important that you know this. <laughs> All right. And then for Easter eggs. Um, so the the team that stole the ATM or whatever, and then like fucking just broke the skull of that pirate hero and then got ripped to shreds by overhaul they have a whole little um squad name and it's reservoir dogs Mm -hmm. and this is a reference and it's actually just the name of a movie that is essentially about a failed heist so why the fuck are you naming your team after a failed crime that you're trying to commit well horikoshi named them that because ultimately they failed (laughs) I know, but Horikoshi, <laughs> you're making your character stupid. Like, <laughs> I think anyway. that was the point. 
I know. I know. It yeah, was the I point. don't think they're the. I don't think they're supposed to be the smartest characters in the world, and that's like half the reason they got murked. Yes, it's like I know that, but also Horikoshi, <laughs> sir. Anyway, um, and also uh, the rest of our dogs, they sure look dead, don't they? Um, we'll come back to that. Yep. <laughs> they look oh, very. Boy. They look very fucking dead, and yet mm, we'll 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 get to it. <laughs> um. And then at some point, Izuku makes a comment about uh, basically how he's good at not using his arms until he becomes emotionally out of control. Like, essentially, he doesn't use his arms until he, like, loses it and goes feral. And that (laughs) comes back. um, Oh, yes. Multiple times. And almost always when it involves Kachan. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're so stupid. I love them. <laughs> oh, they're so stupid. <laughs> also, very coincidental, but at the around the time I was doing these notes, I was also re-watching Gilmore Girls A Year in the Life uh, because I am a basic white bitch. Um, <laughs> but at some point during that special, um, they mentioned the movie Eraserhead or whatever it is. And apparently that character or the person whatever it is um i i have no plans to actually view it um oh yeah no don't you don't yeah. want to okay i liked it a lot because it's my kind of thing it's very much not your kind of thing awesome i'm just gonna take that off the list but essentially like it seems like the character Eraserhead, it from that actual movie mm-hmm. like their hair is standing up on end too and like so i i just have to know like which eraser head came first in horikoshi's mind well like, i think i think mike he... mentioned the movie when he gave yes. yes like mike mentioned it but i want to know further back when horikoshi was like inventing the characters he was like okay i'm going to have this character do erasing but did the hair come from his idea and then he just matched oh. it to eraser head or did he get the hair from eraser head I need to know. Horikoshi, answer my emails, please. <laughs> mm, interesting. Good question. We'll never know, but it's fine. Um, and then the last Easter egg before our big spoiler section. Um, <laughs> uh, if you didn't catch the heavy-handed hints that the new blonde character, a.k.a. Mirio, uh, was supposed to be All Might's successor instead of Izuku, he was indeed supposed to be All Might's successor, and we are going to explore that in the coming arc, and it hurts. Yeah, I completely forgot to mention that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, and now we are going to move along to our big spoiler section. So folks who do not want to be spoiled on what is currently going on in the yet-to-be-animated manga, bye, we love you, sleep well. All right, yeah, so going back to Nicole's point where, you know, Twice comments that heroes only save good people. I, my God, this made me chomp at the bit. I'm foaming (laughs) over here, y'all. I'm foaming at the mouth um, because that becomes incredibly crucial to Toga's motivation and character arc, especially during, like, her two big confrontations with Ochako, thus affecting Ochako's development as well. And I would like to say more, like, much much more. I will do my best to be good and wait till we cover the relevant episodes, but y'all, we might have to have like a Toga Chaco bonus episode at the right yes. time. That's yes. how much I have to say. Yes. And also you're doing amazing, sweetie. You have so much discipline. <laughs> oh, I'm melting. Yep. Yep. I I know. 
it'll be interesting. <laughs> it'll mostly just be us going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. It's, like, it's like, yes, you are saying that so well, and we do agree. Um, yeah, it'll basically just not... me being like, okay, here's a giant fucking timeline, and we're going through every single second. Yeah, <laughs> and me and Maria are just going to be like, yes, yes, please, show us. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. It's and gonna I'm going to have so much fun. It's fine. It's great. Um, anyway, final comments. Again, I'm so excited for the next episode. I personally love Mirio. I am all about him. I think he's fucking hilarious. I, he's so nonsensical. It's amazing. Yes. yes. And because, exactly because of that nonsensicality, mm-hmm. I hate him. <laughs> this <laughs> no, is going to be so funny. I can't is, wait for this. That, uh, is not, that is not to say I've, I always hate him. Like right now, like he's, he's grown on me because of how he has developed um but yeah i i hated early mirio he's definitely not your kind of character no yeah (laughs) put your Uh, pants on (laughs) i i'm with fern on this one mirio is a chaos gremlin and i'm so excited yes (laughs) uh no so put your pants on okay Anyway, this has been My Hero Analysis. You'll hear us again soon. And in the meantime, go beyond plus ultra, thirst responsibly, and keep your fucking pants on, people. (laughs) Bye. Pants are awful. (laughs) Thanks again for listening. Theme music is The Happy Cowboy by Gary the Canary, remixed by Fern. If you'd like to submit questions, fan art, or bonus episode topics, visit our website at myheroanalysis.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Tumblr, and YouTube under at MyHeroAnalysis. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Bye, y'all.